Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the fifth episode of the Turnbuckle Takeover. Oh, man, wow. This week was just insane. Um, I don't even know what to say. There was so much going on. Um, I've got a lot to cover. I've got so much to cover that some things I might leave out, and I hope not. Um, it is actually early in the morning where I'm at. I was supposed to start filming last night. Uh, our little island had a power outage last night. Um, it was weird. Uh, it was unexpected. I was just getting ready to get up and start filming after my wife was going to play some games. Um, but I had to wait, so I ended up getting a being able to catch SmackDown. And we'll see what... Um, what Super Showdown has in store for us this coming week? Tonight is Sacrifice for Impact. Um, it could be a very good show. It is sold out. So the crowd will be hot, nevertheless. And that's usually good. Helps the show all around. Um, so, a lot to dive into. We've got a lot to dive into with AEW. This show is going to probably be an extra 15-20 minutes today because I've got so much to cover. I've got NXT Portland I've got to cover. Uh, that was Sunday. Uh, of course, Monday Raw, Impact Tuesday, Wednesday NXT and AEW Dynamite. Um, I didn't catch NXT till Thursday because I've had some things going on this week. Um, Friday... Last night, I was able to check out SmackDown um, in a surprisingly decent show. Um, so here it is. It's Saturday morning. It's 10.34 a.m. where I'm at. And uh, I hope you all have a great weekend and everything like that. And uh, we're going to get right into this. By the way, hit like, subscribe, do whatever you have to do. Tell your friends, tell your family members, tell your dog, I don't care who you tell. <laughs> tell as many people as you can. I had 50 views last week, exactly 50. So, I'm cool. I stay above 50, I stay at 50. I'm gonna. I'm probably going to continue doing this anyway. So, if I get, a, you know, hardly any views a week, you know, people got stuff going on, maybe you just don't feel like listening to me that week. It's all good. Like I said, I do this for fun, so it's whatever. Uh, Turnbuckle Takeover at Gmail. It's TurnbuckleTKR. At gmail.com, if you want to send me an email and tell me how I'm doing, tell me if I stink. I finally got some criticism this week. Thank God. It took four weeks for people to speak up. Uh, so thank you for that. I appreciate it. There were some things I've done wrong. There's some mistakes I have made in the top five that I should have never made as a fan. Uh, I want to correct myself right away with Demolition and the whole thing with Strike Force That happened at WrestleMania 5, and it was against the Brain Busters. So that was me being, I don't know what I was thinking. I don't know if I was on my RVD or what, but uh, that's a mess up on my book. I'll take credit for it. So I'm going to pay for that one eventually down the road from a few friends of mine, I'm sure. Because uh, <laughs> they know how I am about WWF wrestling and how he got that wrong. They probably know I was on my RVD. So anyway, it's not 420 here. <laughs> so let's get right into this week. Uh... We're going to go right off. I'm going to stay right right on how the shows went. Um, I'll get into NXT Portland when I get to NXT from this week. I'm just going to include it all in one so I don't jump back and forth. That was kind of the couple of the complaints that I had was I was jumping from NXT. But I was trying to keep the pay-per-views like separate. 
from the show because they mean more, but I get where you're coming from and I see what you're saying and thank you for the criticism. I greatly do appreciate it, even if it's constructive or bad criticism. Um, I don't want people to think that I, uh, that I don't appreciate it. I do. Um, I wanted you all to do it because I really don't have a clue what I'm doing. I'm just doing it to have fun. Um, I love the world of professional wrestling, so I figured I'd put my opinion out there and maybe people have the same opinion I do. Maybe they don't. I don't know. We are on Spotify, by the way, and we are on YouTube. We are on Anchor Podcast. Basically, if you've got access to the internet, you can get us somehow, someway. Um, I will later on be on Mixer. I'm going to be on Discord for the gamer folks later on. Not sure when. Alright, so let's get into this week, because there's a lot to get into. I've already been running my mouth for five minutes. So, <laughs> time goes by fast when you're having fun. So, this week on Raw was another uh, stepping stone to storylines for either WrestleMania or Super Showdown. Super Showdown is Thursday this week at noon on the WWE Network. I don't know if this is the last pay-per-view that we're going to get on the WWE Network, and uh, I'll get to that later on. Willow's dropping my stuff, as she does all the time. Anyway, back to where I was at. So, this week, uh, storyline enhancement. And what I mean by storyline enhancement, folks, is, is the storyline went a little, little further uh, than usual. Uh, we had some Randy Orton stuff that I'm going to get into right now. Randy Orton and Matt Hardy were supposed to have a no-holds-barred match. That didn't happen. So, basically, we got Orton in the ring, cutting a promo, saying he's sorry for Edge. He's sorry for what he did. He's sorry for Matt. Matt Hardy comes out and says, I can't compete tonight because of what you did to me last week. Edge might not be able to compete no more because of what you did to him. I don't care if you're sorry. This isn't, this isn't right. Um, Matt says he's going to leave on his terms. No one else's. Um, and then, basically, Orton walks down the aisle like he's going to leave. And then he turns around. <laughs> and what? Kudos to the camera guy. Because the camera guy caught his entire reaction. Which, you know, WWE's a billion dollar company. They have fantastic camera guys, I'm pretty sure. So... Um, he did a fantastic job moving around him to get the shot of Orton kind of getting that, you know, demeanant look, kind of looking on his face, turn around, take the, the, the vest off. He walks down, Matt's in the ring, Matt goes to hit him with the chair, Orton ducks, boom, elbow, whatever he delivered, I can't quite remember, and then all hell broke loose and basically Orton destroyed him and put his head on the steps outside of the ring and basically just annihilated Matt Hardy to the point where I feel like that probably was the end-all and be-all of Matt Hardy in WWE, but we know Vince, and we know Matt Hardy. Matt Hardy could be leveraging for money. I don't know. We all know Matt's leaving. He's even put it out there, so that's not even a rumor. So, But that was basically a great segment and just furthered the Edge story that much more. Uh, now I'm super excited for Edge and Randy Orton, and Edge, even though he did play a part in this, and he is the big part of this, 
Matt Hardy has made this thing that much better. And when you can take a third piece of a puzzle that has something um, that identifies with the angle, you know, because Matt Hardy and Edge did have a very big angle, a real-life angle that was a half-work shoot. So, what a fantastic way to tell the story. If WWE could tell stories like that all the time, man, Raw and SmackDown would just be fantastic. And I'm not saying either one of the shows really wasn't fantastic this week. I mean, I guess they were. That's a big word to use. I would say that got, everything got over. And if you know anything about the wrestling business, getting over means it, 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 it worked with the crowd and it worked with the bookers and it worked the whole formula of the situation worked. Uh, basically, I'm feeling, I'm thinking Edge goes over Orton at Mania. I could be wrong, but man, if if they can sign Matt to a, a deal and actually do something with him and keep involving him in this angle to have a big payoff match between Matt and um, Randy Orton at maybe Elimination Chamber before WrestleMania. Like, see, that's the thing. I keep leaving that out. Elimination Chamber still to go. Like, there is so much going on in the world of wrestling right now. I think I picked, like, the perfect time to start this podcast. Between AEW coming and, and NXT making TV and the, the, the Paul Heyman taking over Raw and the good television and the good pay-per-views. I mean, really, Impact also has been doing a heck of a job. They had a show last night they did a really good job with. So, anyway. So, back to Raw. Uh... We had Rowan versus Alistair Black. And I wonder if these guys, or maybe at least one person, somehow heard my podcast. I'm hoping. That'd be awesome. Maybe they take some of my ideas, because my ideas are pretty decent, I think. So, Alistair Black gets to win, as he should have. So, there goes the push of Rowan. Bye, Rowan. See you. And what I mean by that is, though both of those guys were getting a push on Raw... And then you put them together. If you're going to do that, it should have been on a pay-per-view. They didn't. They wasted it on TV. So that just goes to show right now that their money's not on Eric Rowan. It's on Aleister Black, as it should be. Smart move. Good job, Heyman. Uh, as you all know my feelings on Eric Rowan, I don't think he brings anything to the table. I don't give a crap what's in the cage. So, good riddance and goodbye. Um, th that push is gone for him. Uh, maybe a tag team. Gonna get me a skull can lip. Maybe a tag team for Rowan. Rowan's a great tag team worker. So was Marty Jannetty. Jannetty was a decent singles worker. Eh. But, so, goodbye Rowan. I don't know what they're gonna do with him from here on out. Gotta be a tag team member somehow or something, a group, because he doesn't work by himself. He just doesn't. Alistair Black continues on the rise, as he will continue on the rise. I'm telling you, keep your eye out on Alistair Black. He's, he's everything a wrestler's supposed to be. A look, he can talk, he's got a gimmick, I like his entrance, and I like his music. His action figures are cool. Well, guess what that makes? A star. I don't care how you look at it. That's not how you make a star, but that's a star. Because if I go to a store somewhere, and I see an Alistair Black shirt, I'm buying it. I mean, that's, that's just how it is. He, he's on my list of guys that I hope they go 
huge place this went. Uh, we had Charlotte, on to the, a little bit of women's action. We had Charlotte Flair. Charlotte Flair came out, cut a promo after NXT Portland, which I guess I have to talk about NXT Portland a little bit. We all know that Charlotte came out uh, with the attack and all that stuff. And basically, we are going to get Charlotte for the NXT title at WrestleMania like Billy Bailey predicted all along. You're welcome. So... Uh, Rhea Ripley and Charlotte for WrestleMania, good stuff. Uh, I'm really interested to see what, what, how that flows the rest of the months coming ahead. Are we going to get a lot of run-ins between both of them on each other's show? I could see that happening. I really could. Um, I think that'll be good stuff. Good, good surprising stuff. They could attack each other. They never know where they're coming from. It's just like surprise each week how they're going to do it. So that's got some, um, some very good things that are going to be, I think, good for the whole angle. Uh, here we go. Now, Drew McIntyre. Drew McIntyre come out and cut another promo on um, Lesnar. Uh, kind of the same promo. I kind of want to see something different next week. Uh, I feel like his, his promos the last couple weeks have gotten a little repetitive. And that's fine. They're, they're trying to get him over to the point where he's massively over. And that's completely understandable. Um, I guess there's it's kind of hard to really cut a huge promo on Brock when he's not there every week. Um, I guess a little bit of interaction should be coming up in the next month or two. Uh, probably Brock showing up on Raw. Uh, I could definitely see that. Uh, it's pretty easy. It's they've done that same angle week after week after week after week. You know, with every, it, it seems like every guy that Brock's taken on, that's. I mean, Brock shows up for one week, they do a tease beat down, and then Brock gets the upper hand. It's kind of what I'm saying. So, Heyman comes out while Drew McIntyre is actually cutting this promo, and says, "He's the beast is here." Basically, all hail the beast. Lesnar's music hits. There's no Lesnar. <laughs> there wasn't a Lesnar. I was like, oh, that was good. But instead, we get MVP. Yeah, that was a moment of silence for a split second or two. I'm not a big fan of MVP. Was never a big fan of MVP. He he really just doesn't do anything for me. He's he, he constantly you know he's got a great. I'll give his promo credit. His promo is, is fantastic. Um, the rest of him, I thought he was done in the ring. Here we go. We get a match, and before the match, MVP basically said, "I'm pissed off that you didn't let me be your advocate." Blah blah blah. You know I'm good enough to do it. It bored me. I'm not even going to lie. This what this should not have been involved, and I know it was the precursor for the match, to set the matchup between MVP and Drew for Raw right then. That's what that whole angle was for, to put that match on TV. My gosh. Quit wasting my time. Drew, Drew McIntyre should, should just be running through people. Come out, run through people. They don't even need to talk. He just needs to come through. He wants to do the... 
the one, the, or the three, two, one, where he counts backwards, and then boom, Claymore, great find. That's all he needs to say. Wipe your hands of it. You don't need to do anything else with it. Instead, he comes out jipping his jabber jaws like he did with Rollins when he was trying to get the belt from Brock and stuff like that and had the title. He comes out for 15 minutes running his jabber jaws. I don't care what he's got to say. What can he do in the ring? We already know what angle is. He's going to face the champion. It's simple. So have him run through the jobbers. If it's a quick squash match, I don't know. You can do it. You can do it somehow. Other than what you did. MVP is a waste of TV time, unfortunately. Don't mean to be an MVP hater. I respect everybody and what they do in the business. But I'm just not a fan of him. He just doesn't do anything for me. Um, so that was basically that that segment. I mean, Drew, of course, went over. I mean, uh, that's the big story of it. Really not much else to it. Um, next up on Raw was uh, Becky Lynch. Uh, she basically come out of promo, cut a promo, um, and had a bag with her. And I'm like, what's in the bag? I'm like, so she cuts this promo about basically how she's going to pay the WWE officials off already ahead of time before she even does anything to Shayna Baszler. Then we get Shayna Baszler up on the screen. Shayna's basically telling her, you can pay whatever you want. I'm going to beat you. It doesn't matter what you pay to WWE officials. You can come do whatever you think you're going to do to me, basically. I'm winning it. I'm taking that title. This is my show now. That's what I got out of it. Tell me if I'm wrong. That's what I got. Um, it was a very quick, great promo. One done away, sitting down somewhere. One investing in the crowd. I like when they do that. I like when they cut a promo and there's a guy out there and then a guy shows up on the screen. I, I don't know why I dig that. I don't know if it, if it brings an element to it in my eyes. But I also like the face-to-face -face confrontation. But I think you shouldn't even be close to each other until your big match, especially a WrestleMania match. You should be nowhere near each other. Nowhere. Don't touch each other. It makes it more exciting. If you keep brawling every week, I mean, what's that going to do? You're going to get split up once. I always like, like, this is how I think it should go. Not every time, but in certain situations. Babyface out there cutting a promo on the heel. Heel shows up. Maybe he destroys something. Dressing room. I don't care. Whatever. It doesn't matter. He, she. Destroys, destroys some personal property of that person. Like Austin used to. But now if you do it as a heel, it can get over babyface and heel. So it, it makes sense to do. It really does. Um, you can work so much with it. And then you just bring down the brawl. And once the brawl happens the following week, guess what? Then it's time for your pay-per-view. Um, so basically, that was the end of the Becky Lynch thing. Uh, not much more to that. Just more storyline enhancement, like I said. Uh, they're just cutting good promos on each other. And that's going to make the match really good when it's time to come at WrestleMania. Uh, we had Garza and Lashley versus Rusev and Humberto. <sighs> yeah, if I had my graphic thing done, I'd have a little ticking clock beside me. You know, that like an old school clock that moves really fast. Because that's what it's like. It's like, 
It's like when you're 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 that you have nothing to do for anybody, and you say, "Here you go. We're just going to throw it out there, see what works, see what sticks on the wall." For all four of these guys, although Garza's got a little bit more going on because he's down in NXT. The other three, this is like lost in the shuffle shit. Like, poor Lashley, again, I don't mean to keep saying it every week, but poor Lashley. Like, this this is ridiculous. It's, it's, a, it's a travesty of justice. That's what it is. It's a travesty. Like, a guy with an athletic ability like his. And a guy who is just an absolute fantastic worker gets in probably the crappiest storylines possible. <laughs> I mean, where are they going with this Rusev thing now? Like, where, where do you go? Like, I don't even know where you go after this. There's just nowhere to go. <laughs> it's like it's a dead end. Boom. Hit a brick wall. Can't do anything else with it. So no more Rusev and Lashley, please. Let's either get off with the angle, which I thought they already blew this angle off. But I guess I was wrong. <laughs> I'm not always right. Not 100% right all the time. Just like I wasn't right about MVP. So, whoops. <laughs> I mean, I don't know what else to say about that. No, no angle involved. Give me, give me the angle. What's the angle? Anybody got one? Tell me. Because if I'm wrong, please hit me up. Let me know. Because I, I want to know what they're doing here. Uh, Garza and Lashley won. Heels won. So that's a good thing, I guess. If you got one good thing out of the whole damn thing, you got the fact that the heels won. So I'll take that. Uh, I don't know what they're gonna do. I guess there's. I guess they're going to do Lashley and Rusa feud, and they're going to do Humberto and Garza feud. I, I got nothing for you here. Uh, I don't know. Uh, next match we had was Karzine uh, and Natty. Um, this was a countout, thanks to Asuka. Uh, just furthering maybe along the Natty-Asuka uh, feud that's probably going to end up happening. Um, we'll see where it goes. Pretty decent woman's match. Uh, some people like Natty. I'm okay with Natty. She does a good job. She's a good worker. Um, she takes takes good bumps. I like her bumps. Um, really not much to say about that match, guys. Really not. I mean, more storyline enhancement. I'm not trying to repeat myself, but that's what it is. We're in this, sometimes during Mania season, you kind of get stuck in a rut where you start seeing friends of allies get beat to enhance the storyline of someone else. Like, for instance, this right here. Okay? They won by countout. Thanks to Asuka helping Karzine win the match. So, again, a friend helping a friend. You know? And kind of enhance, maybe a tag team match next week. I don't know. Maybe somebody helps Natty. I don't know. Basically, all I got to say about that. Uh, we had Ricochet versus Carl Anderson. This was obviously to help Ricochet out. Uh, maybe take out the OC. Kind of get a nice little rub before he takes on Lesnar at Super Showdown. Um, yeah, this match was good. Because Carl Anderson is good. Uh, Ricochet's good in the ring. Not on the mic. Um, stop giving him a mic. 
Uh, they just won't stop. I don't know why. So, uh, we had the Seth Rollins sermon. That was the next thing up. If you're a religious person, I don't know how you feel about this. I don't really care either way. But this is basically the same CM Punk storyline that had happened a few years ago. Just done differently. Um, his groups out there, uh, AOP, Buddy Murphy, uh, I guess, I don't know. What are you going to call him? The church? <laughs> I don't know what to call him. I mean, I'm waiting for him to come out with a Bible. He's always got, he's, I mean, he's got a shirt that looks like Jesus. <laughs> I mean, so, I don't, yeah. Big brawl at the end. You know, Samojo, those kind of guys came out. Kevin Owens, again, it's the same guys over and over and over. Brawling, stuck in the WrestleMania rut, as I call it, where, you know, these guys are going to be feuding until WrestleMania. WrestleMania is a little farther away, and you got a couple more pay-per-views in between that. So they're building towards Mania while they're building for these other two pay-per-views. And it just, ah, man, it's tough sometimes. It, it helps it sometimes, and it's tough. Uh, so that was basically Raw this week. And I spent a lot of time on Raw, almost 15 minutes. Uh, but Raw was good. I felt like there was a lot of things I needed to talk about because, you know, the storylines... Uh, the storylines were just... More enhancement story. Uh, it's just... it's I'm not repeating myself. I'm really trying not to. But that's what it is. Like... So that's what Raw's going to be for a couple more weeks. A lot of tag team matches, a lot of eight-man tags, a lot of battle rules probably, mixed with a bunch of gimmick matches, and we'll get into gimmick matches when I get to SmackDown. God's sakes. This is one thing I didn't like about SmackDown. But anyway, uh, so I'm going to take a little break for a second. Um, step into Impact Wrestling. So take a break from WWE. Step into Impact for a little bit for our Impact Wrestling segment. Impact has a busy week this week. I know you guys are not, some of you guys are not Impact fans, or maybe some of you guys just don't watch it, because maybe you can't find it. It's on Axis. Uh, Impact was better than last week. I'm going to vaguely touch on the main points, because i got to touch on sacrifices coming. Uh, Madison Rain had an open challenge. Uh, she beat some scrub girl. Don't even know who her name was. Can't remember. Sorry about that. Um, basically it was a jobbers women's squash match. They're trying to get Madison Rain over to probably feud with Jordan Grace later on. Uh, that's basically everything out of that match. Nothing real spectacular. Uh, next up was Rhino versus Dave Chris of OVE. Uh, Rhino got the win. They're really giving Rhino some wins and the crowd is really starting to get behind him. Man, he's one of the guys that's like got a really loud reaction. Uh, this was a Decent match. I'm not a fan of Dave Chris of OVE. I feel like he's the less of the workers in the group. I feel like he's not, a, he doesn't have a real good personality. He kind of just follows along with what the other guys in OVE are doing. I call him like the follow along. Like he just follows along. Just walk right over. I'm up. Yeah, here we go. My turn. Uh, I, I like Jake Chris. Uh, Jake Chris is very good. Uh, he's got a great move arsenal. Uh, in his offensive repertoire. Um, yeah, so basically that's all. When Rhino got to win, trying to shine Rhino a little bit, that's good. Uh, TJP versus Josh Alexander. Fantastic match. If you don't go and watch another, not, maybe you, didn't, you don't even watch the Impact highlights. 
Try to go find this match somehow, some way, maybe on YouTube. This was great. This was a big guy getting his stuff in. TJP making him look like a millionaire. And on top of that, Josh Alexander bumped great for TJP and let him get his high-flying stuff in. We had two or three false finishes. And if you guys don't know what false finishes are, it's one, two, almost kick out. You think they're going to get it. You think it's over, but no. The guy comes straight back and barely gets his shoulder up. That's basically what it is. Um, the North and follow, you know, followed by NTJP are attacking. They have been for about three weeks. They don't have a name. They just come out by their regular names. They're going to be taking on the North at this pay-per-view coming up tonight. Um, and this match has potential. The North is a very good tag team. Do not let that, don't, don't let impact stank fool you. They are awesome. And this is going to be a fantastic match tonight. Uh, then we had the Eddie Edwards, Michael Elgin, uh, best of five series. I told you Edwards would get a win here and Edwards is going to win again next week. And then by the time that that comes about, they'll probably save the best of five for the next pay-per-view, which I'm fine with. These guys are just tearing the house down with every match. Each match has been different. Each match has had a different finish and uh, credit to the booking committee for that. Uh, cause sometimes impact does do some crazy booking stuff. Sometimes off the wall completely. So basically now it's two to one. Uh, Michael Elgin is the heel. So he's up two to one right now. So Edwards is probably going to get the win to stretch it out to the best of five. Uh, but the only other thing on impact, it was Tessa, uh, Trey of the Rascals and Tommy Dreamer versus Ace Austin and Reno Scum. If you don't know who Reno Scum is, they're awesome. Good tag team. I think they were found in Ohio, I believe. Uh, Ace Austin actually got the win here uh, because he is having a match with Tessa and I guess they were trying to give him a little steam going into the pay-per-view this weekend. Um, and that's basically all that was going on on Impact. Uh, really nothing much. Um, so that was our Impact uh, segment. And uh, I only spent like eight minutes on Impact. So yeah, I mean, Impact only has one show a week. Um, that's kind of an unfortunate thing for them because they have a lot of young guys they got to get over. Now, they did sign this guy, the ultimate finesser, Chris Bay. And I went and watched some footage of this guy. Woo! Shane Strickland reincarnated. Like, again... We get two Shane Stricklands in the same generation. Because this guy is like identical to, to him. Um, so again, I want to remind everybody, like, subscribe, hit that subscribe button. Please hit that subscribe button. I've got 20 followers or subscribers. And there's like 50-some people watching it. So the 30 that enjoy hearing me every week, please hit and subscribe that, hit that subscribe button. It's real easy. Just tap it. Just tap it. <laughs> you know? So, um, yeah, so again, you know, wrestling is so busy this week <laughs> and like, I, it, it's so hard to catch up on everything. I don't know if you guys find it hard to sit down and literally try to watch everything live is so hard to do. <laughs> so I hope y'all are enjoying it though, because man, you're, we are in a generation where we are so lucky 
to see everything that's happening right before our eyes. Because it only takes one of these small promotions to become the big number three, which I consider Impact the big number three. There's no one else that has a real big TV deal. You can be on YouTube all you want. I can be on YouTube. I mean, I don't, that's nothing. So NWA Power and all them guys are in the beginning stages of trying to develop a promotion. It, I mean, it almost comes to a point where you're thinning the talent out a lot. We'll see what happens. I see partnerships later on down the road. That's for another episode. So, as I reminded y'all, like, click, subscribe, do whatever you got to do. So, let's go on in to NXT this week. Now, I had to go and watch NXT on Thursday afternoon. You know, adult stuff. So, um, NXT was good. Okay? I think there were some things that, that happened. Eh, yeah, I mean, it was... And it, there, there was things that, that happened that needed to happen. Uh, Jordan Devlin versus Leo Rush for the Cruiserweight title. Devlin wins. This was a high impact. I, this reminds me of a WCW Cruiserweight match. Again, I was talking about false finishes earlier. There was a lot of them, a lot of hope spots, and I, I didn't know who was going to win it. So if you got my attention locked in and I don't know who's going to win the thing, then you're doing something right, booking committee, Triple H and Sean and whoever else is booking. Uh, fantastic job with that match. It was very well laid out. Um, that's one that you guys should catch if you didn't watch NXT this week. Uh, but at the beginning of the show, didn't mean to jump around, uh, but at the beginning of the show, the Undisputed Era cut a promo on the Velveteen Dream. Velveteen Dream plays mind games with them, shows up on the, the you know, lights go out, uh, shows him in like a Hendrix, Jimi Hendrix looking like voodoo child-esque, like, psychedelic on screen on the tron like so he was he was playing mind games with him dream does that it's one of the good things about the velveteen dream he's gonna be big he's almost there anyway uh tomaso Ciampa, uh he cut a promo on johnny wrestling for what happened at nxt portland and let me tell you what happened during the main event match with cole johnny wrestling actually cost Tommaso the title which is going to infuriate this feud it's bygones for bygones because well Tommaso kind of did it to him so uh I guess Johnny I, I don't even know if there's a heel in this this is just a brutal rivalry they both hate each other like you don't need a heel and baby face in this situation I don't think because they're both over they just hate each other and that's fine it's a real story they've known each other forever They've been friends. They've not been friends. The story tells itself. Uh, the Bruiserweights. <laughs> I love these guys. They won the tag titles at NXT Portland. From the Undisputed Era. When that happened, I thought Cole was going to lose the title. Because I'm like, yes! I was right again. Uh, the Undisputed Era coming to the main roster. Nope. Threw a curveball. They lost the titles. Cole kept the title. And I'm like, dang! Now I don't know what's going to happen. Uh, we'll see what happens with the, with the Undisputed Era, um, Bobby Fish and uh, Kyle O'Reilly. Uh, I don't know what they're going to do with them now. be interested to see. Uh, they don't have the tag belts. I guess maybe rematch with the Bruiser Uh I mean, they basically just talked about winning the thing. It was awesome. Uh, wow. Did anybody see that Keith Lee and Dakovich match from NXT? TakeOver, Portland. Wow. <laughs> Oh gosh sakes, two heavy hitters, oh man, they just tore the house down, I had my intention to hold, I put my phone down, 
I was like, no, nope, social media can just sit right there. And I just stared at the TV, and I was like, when the match got done, I was like, I was writing my notes, and I put on here, I was like, I, I don't need, like, what, what do you say? It looks like the way they were talking, man, it'd be awesome. And this is just me. I want to see a best of seven out of these guys. Can these guys get four or five good, 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 good matches every time? I think so. They got a unique chemistry together in the ring. Uh, I think they know what each other's going to do before the other one even says it or talks about it. That's a good thing. So I want to see where that goes. That's got potential. Those are two big guys that are probably going to be huge stars. Uh, Keith, Keith Lee more so. Um, then next up, we had the big match that's been probably been being built for the last couple weeks on NXT. Roderick Strong and the Velveteen Dream. Um, it started off with a brawl. Dream wins. And basically, the Undisputed Era just beats the crap out of Dream. I mean, that's basically what we got. Uh, I see this feud continuing. This is not over by a long shot. This is going to be... I don't know if this is going to be the eventual build of the Velveteen Dream winning the NXT title. Uh, but it could be Velveteen and Cole. And Cole could put the Dream over and then that's when they go to the main roster. That's what I see. I could be wrong. I'm not Like I said, I'm not right all the time. But that could very well be what's going to happen. I can't see... I mean, Tomasa could, could win the belt. Johnny Wrestling could, but it doesn't look like that's going that, any to that direction anytime soon. Maybe they're building towards Cole and Finn Balor, you know? I mean, Balor got to win at NXT Portland, you know? So, you know, and uh, kudos to Dakota Kai and uh, Tegan Knox. They had a great match. I don't want to leave them out. Um, I, there was a debut... I don't know who the chick's name is. My bad for not writing it down. And I had debut and didn't write it down. Oh, I think she was a former trainee of NXT or something. Maybe somebody can shed some light on her for me. Because I don't know who she is. <laughs> uh, but that was basically NXT this week. Just to carry over from Portland. Uh, again, NXT puts on fantastic television. If you're not watching NXT. Whew, got something wrong with you. <laughs> and I need to start covering NXT UK, but my gosh, by the time I get done every week, I, it's just, I run out of time, <laughs> unless I start making this thing an hour and a half, and I know daggone well none of y'all want to listen to me for an hour and a half, so, um, so let's get in to AEW Dynamite, Dynamite blew anything that WWE did out of the water this week. That's right, I said it. AEW beat Raw, AEW beat Impact, AEW beat NXT, and in my eyes, NXT beat, or excuse me, AEW beat SmackDown. Neither one of them shows got anywhere close to Dynamite this week. Anywhere close. So with that being said, let's get right into it. It started off with the Tag Team Battle Royal. This is some crazy stuff. <laughs> they were flying all over the ring. What I liked about this battle roll was 
two things. One that the Bucks won, which needed to be done. And the Dark Order finally did something like, like in the Battle Royal. Here was the kicker. And I don't know if anybody else noticed this. Raven was sitting two rows deep from the Dark Order by himself. That turns a twist into this whole situation. Because I still swear to goodness, it is going to be Christopher Daniels as the leader. Matt Hardy may be involved if he doesn't stay with WWE. WWE excuse me. Um, but with Raven, if this was a tease, wow. Like, this is going to be awesome. Because Raven can cut a promo. Raven should not be in a WWE ring. Let me put that out there. Or an AEW ring. Or any other ring, for that matter. But he can talk. And you dig on right at me. I mean, that's a fantastic idea if that's what's going to happen. And kudos for them thinking that. If that's happened. But during the Battle Royal, well, the last three members were LAX. And, uh, well, I guess you can't call them that anymore. Pride and Powerful. Um, with, I believe it was Matt Jackson. It was Matt Jackson. So Matt Jackson was left in the ring. He had to fend off both of them. He kicked Sammy Guevara so far in the head. I thought Guevara's head flew in the third row. It was awesome. Uh, he turned the tides. He eliminated everybody. And booyah. You get the Young Bucks winning the match. Um, God, Matt drilled Sammy with that super kick. It was so nasty. It reminded me of the Shawn Michaels Shelton Benjamin super kick. Like when Benjamin flew from the other side of the ring and Michaels cold cocked him. Like, same thing. Same thing, basically. Uh, they did show Cody arriving with his dog, Pharaoh, which I think is so cool he brings his dog. How awesome is that? Like, he, like, pretty dog. <laughs> I just think it's cool. I don't know why. Um, but yeah, Cody was shown arriving at the arena. Huge pop from the Atlanta crowd. You know, they're in Atlanta, Georgia, the home of WCW, let's be honest. And Dusty. Um, as far as, like, popularity. AW, like, Atlanta... Dusty's so popular, it's just, it's sickening. <laughs> um, so, yeah, next up, we had a women's match. It was the Portugal, the Portugal's perfect athlete, Shanna, <laughs> versus Chris Statlander. Statlander won. How oh, the women's division. This, the, the Shanna girl is pretty good. Uh, she works well in the ring. I don't understand the gimmick. Uh, I guess... There, she really doesn't have any. She just came out by her name. Um, Statlander, you know, she's good. Not great. Not like number one on my list. Uh, I like Big Swole better. Um, we'll get into her in a minute. But uh, it, it, it's, it did what it needed to do, I guess. Uh, I don't really have much to say about that. That was the one weak point of Dynamite in my eyes. Um... It was just kind of a lackluster match. Did it, it? I mean, nothing behind it. Nothing at all. Nothing behind it. Um. So next up, Nyla Rose cuts a promo, and she's talking about everyone says she shouldn't be the champion. Well, you know what? 
I don't know how I feel about this. I'm on the fence. Um, she says she breaks bitches. She cut a good promo. Or the he, she cut a, is, he, is it a he, a she? What is it? <laughs> like, I don't know. Uh, I guess she had surgery, so it's a shit. So we'll say shit. To be politically correct. I struggle with this. <laughs> I do. I struggle with this. Um, so she represents un unbridled power. Well, good. I'm glad you do. <laughs> you know, we'll see what happens with this. Big Swole come out. Uh, met Statlander on the stage. They kind of got into an argument with Nyla Rose standing there. Uh, I'm not exactly sure if this is going to be a triple threat match. I guess that's where they're going. Big Swole was awesome. She's one of my favorite like woman wrestlers in AEW. Uh, next up, we had Jeff Cobb, who is not signed with AEW yet. He signed on for a few dates. Uh, he took on Moxley. Big man brawl match. Best way to put this. Um, it was good. I liked what they did with it. It was a good way to bring Jeff Cobb in and make him look like a monster. He uh, He's very good. He's very athletic. Very athletic. Uh, then her circle attacked Moxley. Uh, got the upper hand on Moxley. Uh, I don't think there was a winner in this match. I think it was just a DQ. And then um, Dustin Rhodes came down to a huge pop. Because, of course, it's Atlanta. Um, he's going to have a huge pop. He come out to help. Uh, he got taken over by the inner circle. Also, out comes Darby Allen, who's returning from the neck injury that inner circle gave him probably, like, I think it was three weeks ago. Uh, they got the upper hand on the inner circle, ran them out of there. Uh, just more storyline telling folks that uh, AEW did a great job of it this week. This intertwined a lot of stuff together, all in one, like the Hager, Dustin Rhodes thing. Then you had uh, Darby Allen and probably Sammy Guevara is probably going to feud. Um, you know, and then you had the whole Moxley thing with Jericho. I mean, so it, it all made sense. It, all, it was like a web of storylines told in one, one angle on TV. It was done well done. It was just super, like, it had my attention the entire time. So you keep my attention the entire time, you're doing something. Um, next up, it was Kenny Omega and Hangman Page versus the Lucha Bros. And they went like 40 minutes. This was classic tag team wrestling. There was no spot that really didn't mean anything in a the match. They didn't do a little flip-floppity, fling around, you know, luchador stuff. They told a story in the ring. This has been told from the day one of AEW that it was going to come down to this match. I thought for sure... The Lucha Bros were going to win the thing. I thought for sure they were going to pull the trigger on Hangman doing something to mess it up. Not the case at all. Not the case at all. I was wrong. Now we're going to get Hangman, Kenny Omega, <laughs> against the Young Bucks. This match is going to be insane insane just i don't even like that match you just gotta watch it <laughs> you just gotta watch it what else do you do with it 
critique it? Oh man, how do you critique it? Like, there's nothing to say about it. They're just gonna they're gonna tear the house down. They're gonna they're gonna tear it all the way down to the foundation. That I mean, I, I do see an angle getting played out with Hangman and, and Kenny Omega. They're gonna end up having a match. It's happening. Uh, Hangman's probably gonna get kicked out of the uh, elite eventually. We'll see where that goes. Uh, next up was Cody and Warlow in the cage. This is the first time I've ever laid my eyes on this dude in the ring. Uh, he was at the NFL Combine. JR did say that. So he's, a, I guess, an ex-football player. He came out with MJF. Cody came out with Arn and Brandy. This was the end of this story with MJF and Cody before the match at the pay-per-view revolution next Sunday. This was one of the most unbelievable displays I've ever seen by a rookie on his first match on television other than maybe Kurt Angle. This guy is big, he's rough, he's tough, he knows how to sell, and he knows how to bump. I don't know if he can talk because I've never heard him talk. But this guy is good. I'm impressed with this Warlow. I like the name. Warlow sounds like, I don't know, a monster. So, uh, I mean, the cage looked amazing. It was way taller than any WWE cage. Um, it was probably an extra maybe five foot higher. It looked like a steel cage match. Uh, they could still use the apron. It was kind of like right outside the apron. It wasn't on the apron. I like that. That gave them room to throw each other in the cage. You can do more stuff. Uh, it's those little things that make a difference. Uh, Cody was over huge in Atlanta. One of the biggest pops I've heard in a long time come out of Atlanta. Um, I mean, Cody started bleeding midway through the match. Warlow got the big upper hand, started destroying Cody. Uh, Cody starts making the hot comeback. Um, as they do... Warlow reverses the move and slams him into the, the cage. When he does, the cage opens up. Cage door. Arn grabs the cage door. MJF's right there. He's like, do it, Arn. You know you want to do it, Arn. You know you want to slam his head in that cage instead of Arn, instead of hitting Cody, which everybody thought was going to happen. He actually swings it and hits MJF, levels him, knocks him completely out of the match. Uh, Cody starts turning the tide at this point. Uh... Cody goes up to the top of the cage and does a moonsault off the top of this legit, probably 20-foot high steel cage. Nails it perfectly. That's the match. It's over. We now get MJF versus Cody Rhodes at Revolution. And man, if you guys don't go watch this match, something's wrong with you. Something is, something, something wrong with you. <laughs> don't order that pay-per-view. I don't know if I have the money to do it, unfortunately, but, um, yeah, that's going to be some good stuff. We are already at 51 minutes. <laughs> I've got Super Showdown to go through. I've got Impact Sacrifice to go through. Uh, and I've got my top five and SmackDown. <laughs> so this is going to be a long one, folks. Um, I'm going to go ahead and get into SmackDown last night. Um, SmackDown was good. We had a little rehashing again of some angles, but here we go. So the Usos, the New Day, 
Had a little friction in a promo. Usos came back out first. They cut a promo. New Day come out. They cut a promo about how they should be the tag champions. Out comes the Miz and Morrison talking about how they should be the tag champions. And then we get the same thing with Ziggler and Root. Eight-man tag match. The Usos win. It's just another tie-in to the tag matches that are probably going to be happening on SmackDown. We might get a... Fatal 4-Way Elimination Match. That'd be good. I could see these four tag teams having a great match at a pay-per-view. Maybe Elimination Chamber, you could do that. It'd be a good gimmick match to do. Uh, I like everybody in this. There's not really a guy that I don't care for. Um, SmackDown's tag team division, since the Usos have come back, has helped out dramatically. Uh, but Ziggler and Root are starting to be... I don't know, I'm kind of getting used to them being together. Uh, Miz and Morrison were already a tag team back in the day, and now they're together. Um, of course, the New Day's a good tag team if they cut the comedy crap out. I know though that's kind of their whole gimmick, play to the kids, but the pancake thing I hate. I think it's stupid, doesn't make any sense. Um, so yeah, that match is basically just a, a good eight-man tag, and the Usos getting a much, probably much needed win since they've come back. Um, so basically, I don't... That, that's that's going to be tough to see where that goes. I'm not exactly sh sure who's going to end up on top of that whole debacle. Uh, maybe Miz and Morrison. That'd be awesome for them. Since Morrison just come, he needs a good rub. Uh, next up, we had the, the Valentine's Fallout. Tucker confronts Mandy Rose in the back. Shouldn't have done this to Otis. Otis is upset. Hadn't slept in a week. Blah, blah, blah. Text message and all this. Somebody sent a text message to, to Otis uh, telling him a fake time or something. It obviously was Sonya Deville. Uh, where's this go? There's, what are they, these two are going to have a tag team match against each other? Uh, this doesn't make, this is stupid. I mean, that's, that's, that's what I'm going to leave this with. It's stupid. Uh, these two girls could easily be vying for the WWE women's tag team title somehow. I mean, doesn't in the women's tag title can get defended on either show. The Kabuki Warriors against um, Sonya and Mandy be all right. I don't know. Do something other than this. Otis and Tucker's the tag team in the men's division. So, uh, that's all I got with that. Um, we had Renee Young. She did an interview with Lacey Evans. It was, felt like a very real interview. It felt very um, real life. It was a sit-down type interview. Um, talking very patriotic, very mom, like she has been, uh, she keeps talking about the Elimination Chamber, which she's in, um, uh, she doesn't have anything going on in Super Showdown, we know the whole deal with women in Super Showdown, and all Saudi Arabia, I'm gonna get really hard into that very soon, um, so yeah, that's basically what that whole interview is, I like Lacey Evans, I really do, uh, some of you don't. I've gotten some criticism about her. Uh, I like her better as a babyface. I feel like she's an all-American mom. We need that. Uh, there's nothing wrong with having that on the show. I think it brings, I don't know, kids are watching the show. So if they see a good mom, you know, you know you got a good mom, then you're going to relate to that. So it's all about relating to something. Do you can, can you, can the people invest in it because they can relate to it? Uh... This, 
I'm guessing this is the sympathy sympathy of destruction match symbols of destruction like what what there's a bunch of musical instruments around a ring for Cesaro and Nakamura and I'm looking down at the camera right now because first Elias and Braun Strowman I get that these all I mean I guess this ties in with the Braun Strowman and Nakamura thing maybe Cesaro and Elias are going to do something but this looked silly. I found this to be very silly. Uh, not even comical or funny. Um, lackluster would be a good way to put it. Why not just put these two in a tag? It could have just been a tag. You didn't need that gimmick. It's unnecessary. I get it. Elias smacks people over the head with the guitar. But the rest of the guys, I mean, Strowman and Nakamura have just been going for the tag titles. Or, or the Intercontinental title, I'm sorry. Uh, so, like... What do you do with that? Nothing. You're stuck. I mean, it was just... Made no sense to me. Really made no sense to me. Next up, we had the moment of bliss. I'm going to apologize to Alexa Bliss right now. And another buddy of mine, because I don't mention Alexa Bliss enough. I like Alexa Bliss. Alexa Bliss is a good worker. Um, she's a little small, which bothers me sometimes. Some of the things she does, her kicks are off sometimes. Sometimes she nails them really good. Ah, she's over. I mean, I, I don't know what else to say about Alexa Bliss. She's over. She's pretty. <laughs> I mean, I mean, what else? Like, uh, She's not really doing anything right now. She's kind of lost in the shuffle. She's just doing the Moment of Bliss stuff, and she had the Bella Twins on there this week. Who are going into the Hall of Fame already? Get the shit out of here. Get the shit out of here. First off, before anybody goes, oh, the Bellas did this, they got a show, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, well, there's a lot of people, you know, the Miz has a show. He's still on that roster. They ain't going to put him in the Hall of Fame right now. Who cares? I never liked the Bellas anyway. To me, personally, Brie was the best one out of the group. I never cared for Nikki, Be Nikki Bella. They, they, boring, and you know, why are you in the Hall of Fame? There's other people, there's other women that should be in the Hall of, Hall of Fame. Judy Martin, if she's not, which I don't think she is. Um, let's see, who else could I go? Bull Nakano should be in the Hall of Fame. I mean, so, I mean, I'm pretty sure there's a lot of other women I'm missing from back in the heyday that they could have put in. The Jumping Bomb Angels. They were the first ever WWF Women's Tag Team Champions. So, why the Bellas now? Because you've already got Batista going in. You already had the NWO. It's not like people aren't going to watch this shit. Sorry to cuss in this segment, but I'm frustrated. Because the Bellas aren't... You want to put them in five, six years from now, fine. But they get a wild hair up their butt every once in a great while. I know they're both pregnant, so that ain't going to happen. But they get a wild hair up their butts, and they'll come back. Which, a lot of people that have retired been in the Hall of Fame have come back. So I guess that's not a big deal. But it's just stupid to me. They're too young to be going in the Hall of Fame. That is reserved for people who... To me, the Hall of Fame... You shouldn't be in the Hall of Fame until you're done wrestling completely. Baseball doesn't put people in the Hall of Fame while they're still playing. Neither does the NFL. That's where you get 
I don't know. It's just coming off for a one-off match and then coming back for a part-time deal is two different things this day and age, I guess. So, I mean, that's what it was. Uh, Naomi versus Carmella. Um, number one's contenders match. Naomi got the win. Clean finish. Clean match. Won another Carmella's pretty decent matches. She messed up a couple times. Uh, but it uh, looks like we're going to see Naomi get a push, which means you're probably going to see Brodus Clay back and the other Funkadelic chick, and I can't remember what her name is. But it's already been reported, so it's not a rumor. So I'm pretty sure they're going to do an entrance probably at WrestleMania for her, which means obviously she's the number one contender. So uh, that match was what it was. It was number one contender's match. It was pretty decent, filled the time. I think the big thing to talk about on SmackDown was the Goldberg angle. Man, this was done great. Ah, see what I mean? WWE does like two really good things. And then they do like three things that set them backwards. This was a good thing. In fact, this was a fantastic thing. Goldberg comes out, walks down, and he cuts a very simple, quick promo. Because if you give Goldberg a microphone long, he gets lost. He said, Fiend, I'm coming for you. I want you, here comes the Firefly Funhouse on the screen. Again, very simple, but done right. Uh, old Billy Bill, you know, he introduces them to the mascots and, and, and the pig and all this stuff. And they start talking smack to him. And then Bray starts talking smack. Lights go out. Goldberg turns around. Fiend's there. And Goldberg called it before he goes, I know you're behind me. He turns around. And just levels him with a nice looking spear. Probably one of the nicest spears I've seen Goldberg do. Probably credit Bray Wyatt for bumping the way he did. But. So Fiend's trying to like. Kind of like get his composure. Get up. He's kind of shaken. Which. That's a big thing right there. Because. Everybody else that hit him. With a move. He got right back up and no sold it. He sold for Goldberg. Anybody else notice that? I did. That's big. Because if he sells for Goldberg, that means he's going to put Goldberg over. If you think you're going to see The Fiend and Roman Reigns at WrestleMania, if Goldberg wins that belt and doesn't lose it at Elimination Chamber somehow, and maybe they're just doing this for a quick rating boost, I don't know. That's how politics and wrestling happen. Guy can go away, but the most popular guy is going to get the belt. That's just how it is. That's just how it rolls. But it was a good, good way to get this match rolling. I would like to see them maybe try to do something on Raw for this. Even though the brain extension is here. I would like to see them go ahead and carry Bray Wyatt and Goldberg over at Raw. And maybe do one more thing to make this match real meaningful. Because it went from meaning nothing to kind of meaning a little something now. To now kind of being, okay, I'm interested to see this. Even though Goldberg, let's be honest, he's not that great in the ring. I mean, we all know about him in the Undertaker match from Saudi Arabia last year. I mean, I don't need to say anything else. That was bad. Even though Taker did get a concussion early in a match and so did Goldberg. So, what do you do at that point? You know? So, uh... That was SmackDown this week. Pretty good show. I'm glad I got to cover it. Um, we are at the hour and three mark. <laughs> so, uh, I'm going to run down the super showdown 
and impact sacrifice um, cards for this week real quick. I'm just going to do it real quick. Uh, maybe talk about the big matches that everyone needs to pay attention. So uh, let's go ahead with impact sacrifice this week. Um, this is tonight, by the way. Uh, so it's Tessa versus Ace Austin for, uh, it's, there's no championship involved. It's just champion versus champion. Um, I don't like that. I think this would mean more, and I think people would be more inclined to tune in had it be title for title. And so what if Tessa wins the, the, the X Division? She's already won the world. Uh, I guess they didn't want to put that belt on her and didn't kind of want to put the belt on East Austin. I see somebody debuting here. Don't know who, but this match is not going to go straight. Something's happening here. Just to the way they booked it, I have this feeling. Uh, you got Moose versus Rhino. This feud has actually been pretty hot. Because Rhino has literally gone through the entire ECW roster. And uh, it's come down to Rhino. As being the pretty much the final worker. Left of the ECW era to take out of Impact. Uh, although I don't see him going that way. I think Rhino's there for a while. But this is going to be a brawl. Probably a good one. Uh, Daga versus J. Chris. Uh... Daga's been, is Tessa's fiance. He's been having problems with the OVE since the Sammy Callahan thing with Tessa. Uh, so this is just a continuation of that storyline. Uh, Havoc versus Jordan Grace. I believe this is for the knockouts title. This one is going to be good. These are two hard-hitting women. Uh, Impact has the second best women's roster in America. Bar none. Period. No one can argue with me. Um, the North against the Rascals. Desmond Xavier and Trey, I believe it is. This is going to be good. This is going to be a tag match. This is going to be uh, probably what tag team wrestling is all about. Uh, the North are very good at being sneaky heels. And those two guys, the Rascals, are that uh, 420 smoke marijuana fan base gimmick. So... That's going to be good. Uh, this one I don't really care about. Johnny Swinger. He shouldn't be on a pay-per-view in 2020 after his last performance last night. I hope they take this off the card. He's supposed to be taking on Jody Ryan. Um, continuation. Uh, I guess it's a rematch from TV. Don't really care. Um, OVE versus Larry D and Ace Romero. These guys had a match last night on the Twitch special. Uh, these guys are good as a tag team. They're two big guys that can fly around. And, I mean, they're big. Ace is like 360-some pounds, and I think Larry D's like 300. Uh, they fly around, too. OVE's a good tag team. That has a sneaky potential. Uh, Willie Mack versus Jay Bradley. They had a match last night. This is a rematch, continued from the storyline from last night. And what happened was Bradley almost beat him and cheated a lot to and attacked him after the match that kind of created this storyline. Uh, I'd like to see Willie Mack get something better than this. I would have liked to see Willie Mack against Moose. Uh, and maybe Rhino in a, uh, against RVD would have been maybe a better thing to put on, like... I don't know. Uh, that's tough to say. But that's the Impact Sacrifice. Please go check out Impact Wrestling. It's not as bad as... It, it's not what it used to be. So everybody needs to keep get get the TNA stink out of your, your, your head. Um, my wife has a problem with that. She talks bad about Impact. She doesn't watch it. She don't know what's going on yet. So, she just remembers what she's seen during the G was it GFW, Global Force Wrestling era with Jarrett. When I made it a big deal that they were rehashing the promotion, she sat down and watched the show. She loved it. And then the next week, she hated it. 
she's a casual fan. So, um, so let's get into Super Showdown. I'm at the hour and seven minute mark. I'm okay. We're good. Uh, I'm in no rush. It's Saturday afternoon. I'm about to watch the Flyers play. Um, here in a little bit at one o'clock while I'm uploading this. So, uh, Super Showdown. Uh, they've been building it for, I would probably say, the night after us Royal Rumble. I would say the Super Showdown prob build probably started. Uh, we got Seth Rollins and Buddy Murphy versus the Street Profits for the tag titles. <laughs> the Street Profits at the end of Raw when, was it Montez Ford? Start shaking the ring like Warrior. Hilarious. I don't know why I love that. It's funny. It gets it gets a little giggle out of me, I guess. It tickles me. <laughs> How about that? Uh, this could be this could be a good match. Uh, I think it's just a good tag team match. Got a build, you know, from the whole Messiah, Messiah group and all that. Uh, they've been attacking the Street Profits during Raw. If I haven't really talked about it that much. Um, it has happened once or twice, but they have attacked them also. So it's just been a lot of attacks since the tax angle where we're going to get the payoff right here. Maybe the Street Profits win. I'd like to see a maybe title change hands at this pay-per-view to make it mean something. You know? Kind of just feels like sometimes they just throw together Super Showdown because they have to do it. They got this trophy gauntlet match. And I'm not even going to try to say the first word. The Thai the, the, the fever? <laughs> I don't even know. Uh, Tybonian? I, I, I don't know. I couldn't pronounce it. So we've got this trophy gauntlet match. It's Styles versus Lashley versus Andrade uh, versus Rusev versus R-Truth. I feel like this was just thrown together. Uh, give them something to do. Get them on the card. These guys will agree to go over there because some guys don't want to go based off of religion beliefs. Um... I don't, I'm pretty sure if AJ's taking on Undertaker at WrestleMania, like, again, rumor. There's three rumors floating out there. I ran into, like, three of them yesterday, which is, the, the other one's just absolutely ridiculous. I'm not even going to get into it. These dirt sheet mark, they're just ridiculous. Um, they come up with some of the craziest shit. I don't know where they come up with it in their mind, but it's just stupid. Um, Roman Reigns is going to take on King Corbin in a cage match. I bet the Saudi crowd will love that. Jeez. Like, I'm a, I can't wait till this is over. And this is it. If a cage match... Didn't I say this in episode 3 or 4? I'm not sure which one. I said a cage match was going to end this. Here we go. Here's what you get. You get a cage match. So... We'll see where it goes. Hopefully Roman Reigns wins, but... We all know what this angle's been. I'm not going to sit here and explain this angle. I've explained it till I'm blue in the face. I'm tired of it. I'm worn out by it. <laughs> I just don't care about it anymore. Reigns gets the win here, I hope. Uh, the New Day versus The Miz and Morrison for the tag titles on SmackDown. Uh, maybe a title change. Again, another one of them. I'm not sure what they're going to do. So I like that. If I don't know what they're going to do, it makes them interesting. If I can sit there and say, oh, I know who's going to win this. No fun in watching it. Uh, so this could be a, this is going to be a good match because all four of these guys are good workers. This is just going to be a good tag team match. Same with the other one. I think both the tag matches have probably could steal the show. Um, Ricochet versus Brock Lesnar. This is going to be... I don't know if they're going to tease Ricochet winning it with a bunch of hoop spots and false finishes. 
I'd like to see Brock just dominate this. Nothing against Ricochet. I like Ricochet. But I, I'm not, I don't believe he's going to win the world title. How about that? I just don't, I'm not, poor Macho Man, though. Let me fix old Macho. So, I, I don't know. Where do you go with that? <laughs> I mean, if, if Ricochet wins, I'll be shocked, but they ain't going to pull that trigger. <laughs> I mean, ain't no gun in the world. I mean, I'm sorry. I just don't buy it. They wasted, I think this was just to get Brock on the show. Calendar date. Ricochet's going to lose. There's no doubt. I could be wrong, but if I'm wrong about this, I'll go run out in the bay and strip completely naked in freezing cold temperatures. So, uh, then we got the feeding Goldberg, which now I wasn't invested in. Now I'm invested in. Uh, the SmackDown angle did exactly what it needed to do. I hope this match goes on last. Um, it's going to be a good match. I think everything that's going to happen this week is going to be good. Uh, AEW's got a lot of momentum coming off. That show that they put this week. Um, NXT's got momentum off of Portland. We still got to build for WrestleMania. I mean, so this this coming week is going to be just as filled as this week. Except this week, there was just a bunch more shows with Impact and stuff. Um, so yeah, I don't know if Goldberg's going to go over. I'm kind of torn. I'm on the fence about it. Uh, maybe. Could have Goldberg Reigns WrestleMania. Could have Reigns versus Bray. But either way, it's going to be Roman Reigns against either one of them. So that's Super Showdown. That's Impact Sacrifice. Again, Impact Sacrifice is 7 o'clock tonight. It is free on the Impact Plus app. All you got to do is pay the $7 for Impact Plus, and you can watch that pay-per-view. Sacrifice is actually, let's see, Bound for Glory. I would say Sacrifice is the fourth major pay-per-view for Impact. So it's a big deal. So I would say get on there. They are sold out, which the place they are in, I went and looked at the capacity thing online doing some studying. Um, they hold 3,000. So they sold 3,000 tickets and they have standing room only. There you go. So they're, they're rolling on a hot streak and good for them. Uh, so that is it for Sacrifice and Super Showdown. Now, I made sure I did my research, folks, so I won't mess up with this. Here's the top five for this weekend. I was going to split it up individually, but I said, ah, screw that. There's just too much to talk about this week, so it doesn't matter how I break this down. So this week I went with the top five WWF steel cage matches. Uh, number five, I put Hulk Hogan versus Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff. You are wonderful. Uh, Orndorff, inside the steel cage, Saturday night's main event, this was well done this is the match where they both landed on their feet at the same time on the outside and they did one of the referees declared orndorff the winner the other one declared hogan the winner and they restarted the match inside it was one of the highest draining segments ever of saturday night's main event on nbc in the 80s and it was just a good all-around match hogan got the win don't want to ruin it i'm sure you've seen it if you're a wrestling fan you've seen that match so i would hope um so that's number five. That's a good one to watch if you're bored. Uh, next, I'll put the Hardy Boys versus the Dudley Boys Survivor Series 2001. Crazy cage match. Like, it was just ridiculous. Of course, Jeff did all of his 
crazy stuff. Matt jumped off the top. Uh, the, the Dudleys did a bunch of crazy stuff off the top. There was ta you know tables, ladders, and chair spots, and the whole thing. Just an overall, just basically the end of the storyline between the Hardys and Dudleys. I'd have to say because they're, I mean, the brand extension happened not too long after this. So this is really the last one you get. So it was a good one. Uh, number three. Bret the Hitman Hart versus Owen Hart, SummerSlam, the cage match, brother versus brother, uh, heel brother versus babyface brother, um, I hate you Bret, all that stuff was involved, great angle, great storyline, Bulldog and Anvil were on the outside, the whole family thing was played into it, just a great match, go watch that match, I haven't watched it in a while myself until the other day when I was doing this, so... Good match. Uh, second, this is one of my personal favorites. Jimmy Superfly Snooker versus Don Morocco. The funny thing about this, this was on a Coliseum video, and I think it was volume one or maybe two or three. Not exactly sure, but I used to own it. And they always had this match, but they never had it from the beginning. It was always in the middle, like right as Snooker was getting a shine because the match was like 50, 20 minutes long. Finally, when the network come out, they released that whole show, and you can go watch the match in its entirety. So I just went and did that. I mean, I've done it before, but I went and did it again the other day. Man, that match was so good. Don Morocco does not get the credit he deserves. He was a great heel, good worker, great bumper. Uh, that was just, that story told it all. It was the first time you ever seen somebody jump off the top of the cage. Snooka did it. Uh, you talk about everybody in the business that talks about that match. Bully was there. Mick Foley was there as a kid. Like, that match was sold out. Madison Square Garden. That, just go watch it. And number one on the list, it's one of my personal favorites. And again, we here at Turnbuckle Takeover do not condone anybody's actions for what they've done in their personal lives. Especially if it's terrible. Like the Chris Benoit situation. However, I base mine off of in-ring ability and storytelling ability. Chris Benoit was an amazing wrestler. There's no doubt in my mind about that. So he deserves to be on the list. Versus Kurt Angle. It was a Raw 2001. I don't have the exact date in front of me. Sorry about that. What a match. What a match. Moonsaults off the top. Diving headbutts. German suplexes galore. European uppercuts clotheslines, like, it was just belly to bellies, it was throwing each other into the cage, it was a cage match, great, probably my favorite cage match of all time, go watch it, told a story, great athleticism, great physical ability, those guys just tore the house down that night, and it was one of Benoit's last really, really good matches, alright guys, that was the top five for this week, and again, I'll see you next week, and make sure you tune in on Spotify. Make sure you go to YouTube. Make sure that you click that subscribe button. Make sure you like that like button. Hit the dislike button if you don't like it. Don't care. It's an impression. I'll take it. So you all have a good weekend. Sorry about last night. I was tired. Had an electrical issue. All that good stuff. That's how it goes. Um, so you all have a good weekend. And make sure that you enjoy this beautiful weather. If you got beautiful weather, wherever you are. I do want to mention one thing before I head out. 
it was announced on the AEW Dynamite this week that they are going to be putting an action figure line out. Uh, they look awesome. Go check them out. Wicked Toy Company is making them. Uh, I will be purchasing the complete set. <laughs> so, just want to throw that tidbit out there before I get out of here. Uh, thanks again, everybody, for listening. I'm staying right at 50 to 53 to 100. I'm, uh, it's, it's somewhere in between there each week. 50 people care to listen for me. So, to those 50 people, thank you so very much. You all have a great weekend. I'm out.